Hey Siri, play Culture and Combos episode one. Only good vibes and conversation. High vibration, I got pride in my veins. It is gonna hit it. No, they cannot duplicate it. Or the power that it brings. Authentic, the truth, and power, the youth, perception, perspective, wretched to riches. Life is a blessing, always respect it. Talking multicultural knowledge, we are the edge, reaching new heights. So precision is the vision. Everything we do, we do it precise. Form, form, form. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the all new podcast, Culture and Convos, presented by Precise Communications, the award-winning black-owned, female-owned marketing communications firm right here in Hot Atlanta. Round of applause. I'm your producer and host for today's show, Nadia Felder, aka Naughty Body, we like to party, just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> Before we dive into our first convo, though, let's talk about what you're going to expect from the show. So we've got some live people here in our audience who know us very well, and they know us for talking about culture all the time, hence our podcast name. And um, we specifically talk about how our culture impacts the rest of the world, right, through music, entertainment, politics, sports, social justice, et cetera, right? So say hey, homies. You guys are on record. So say hey. Hey, homies. <laughs> um, but for, for those who are listening and they don't know us, hopefully this show will enlighten you because Culture and Convos is here to address everything multicultural, especially when it comes to big brands and how they engage with us particularly and what it's like being a person of color in this industry. So that's really, really important. And of course, every episode, we will always have a featured uh, expert, right, and who's going to be well versed in the culture. But the whole point of the Convos part of it is so that we have a real unrehearsed conversation that's very very important this is not a on-air podcast where we're going to have a nice pretty script about our questions and everything this is a real conversation about issues that are going on so we've got two goals for the podcast the first the first goal is definitely to empower our peeps right we want to make sure that people of color are listening to these episodes taking these episodes and sparking their own conversations in their own spaces right their offices barbershops nail salons churches whatever and our second goal is to make sure that we educate our corporate clients um, and corporate colleagues, really, because we know that in corporate America, um, we've all had some type of experience in corporate America. We know it's kind of not comfortable talking about issues with black and brown people all the time. And we know that it's kind of hard to express how you feel about these issues. And it's, it's kind of hard to approach anything that's culturally sensitive. Right. So subscribe. Right. <laughs> subscribe to us and let us be your solution. Let us be your one stop shop to show you how you need to talk to us. So. We are really excited about the show and all the things we have to offer. And as we millennials say, it's going to be lit. <laughs> Yay! Round of applause. <laughs> all right, so let's get into our first guest. So remember when I said that this, um, this show is presented by a black-owned, female-owned communications firm? Well, 
the CEO and founder of this firm, Precise Communications, is here with us today. Alexis Davis-Smith, thank you so much for walking out of your office and joining the show. Thank you. That took a <laughs> lot of effort it to walk a like 100 feet. So <laughs> thank you very much. And thank you, everyone who is attending, who are attending tonight and yeah. joining us for the first episode. And thank you, everybody that's listening. Yes. So my first question, I always like to start off because we kind of have to take a moment of gratitude Stepping into the podcast world, this is our very first episode. Sitting here right now, we've got friends in here. We've got people who are like family in here. We've got media friends. We've got best friends. We've got graphic designers in here. Sitting here with everyone here tonight, did you ever imagine that you'd be here like right now in 2019? No, <laughs> not at all. So I look across the room and I look at Tracy Bowen, who's my executive vice president, who's been with me for about 15 years. And Tracy was with me when it was just three of us, senior level professionals working out of my home. And then I look across and I see Miss Joanna Gaither Porter, who was with me when I moved into my first office space about four years ago or five years ago and then I look behind her and I see Miss Katina Beninati who decorated this beautiful office space which mm. is here mm. in downtown Atlanta yes so no I never imagined any of this straight out of college I joined Ketchum Public Relations which is one of the top 10 PR firms um, in the entire world it was a dream come true I traveled the world. I worked on dream accounts like AT&T, um, Delta Airlines, Coca-Cola. I met Shakira. I worked with Fine, LL Cool J. Mm. I did really, you know. It's the lips. It's the licks, <laughs> lips. He did lick those lips, too, when I worked with him. I met Prince Albert of Monaco, who has the most beautiful blue eyes you've ever seen in your life. So amazing, amazing career, but I was 29 years old and I was burnt out and I realized I wasn't being true to me as a person. So I decided with the blessings and the encouragement of my parents that I was going to step out on my own and see what I can do. And I said, I'm just going to freelance and I'm going to consult and see what happens. So I basically sent a letter. I didn't have a logo. I just had a name. Precise Communications. I said, I'm going to offer media relations, multicultural outreach, and special events planning. About a week later, I got a phone call from Coca-Cola asking me to work on Super Bowl 34 wow. here in Atlanta. Wow. First client. First client. So that was in the year 2000. And when that happened, I literally looked up at the sky and said, God, I guess I made the right choice. So from that point, Coke obviously opened up a lot of doors. I had the opportunity to work with the Atlanta Falcons, Church's Chicken, Cracker Barrel Old Country Store, Inroads Atlanta, to now our biggest client, Toyota. We work with Mass Mutual and Pfizer, major, major leading consumer brands. Um, so we've grown from being a virtual agency with primarily senior level professionals to now having a 
very, very nice mm-hmm. office in our downtown Atlanta, as mentioned, with a nice staff of talented junior level staff, as well as having a team in Miami that focuses on Hispanic communications. So did I picture all of this? No, I just thought I was going to be out here freelancing, doing some things. And now I'm running a real company. You talked about uh you said you had no logo and you had a name. So what made you okay with the name, like precise, like this was going to be it? So it's so funny because my mom has asked me that story. I knew I wanted a name that started with PR because it. I didn't have a logo, but I knew I wanted the PR to be emphasized. I wanted the PR to be capitalized. So I literally sat on my couch one night going through the dictionary, <laughs> going through all the words with PR. And when Precise popped up, I said, that's perfect because those of you that work with me know that attention to detail is extremely important to me. Some might call me a perfectionist. Some might call me a little anal. But I like to consider myself strategic. If you look on our website, you know that I call myself the strategist. So I chose Precise Communications because we're very strategic in everything we do. I always say to the client, if it's not strategic, we're not going to do it. It doesn't make sense. I love that. Okay, so you had no name, you had no logo, but you had your name. You opened this in 2000, so we're in 2019. So our 20-year anniversary will be in 2020. In 2020. That's January awesome. 17, 2020. Oh, my God. Four days before my birthday. Please don't forget it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Guess we'll have a lot to celebrate right. in January 2020. Right. So um, I love that you, when I asked you, you know, did you ever imagine being here, you went straight into the company. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, almost not forget about who they are, but their business becomes them. Mm. So I want you to tell the crowd, and I think few people who are shaking their head, they kind of already know where I'm going with this, but tell us about Alexis Davis-Smith, not precise. Tell us just a, I mean, who is she? What, you know, what speaks to your passion? Like without PR behind you, who is Alexis? You know what, Nadia, that's a very interesting question because I think the perception of me is so driven by my public image and my professional image. Um, Katina, who I mentioned earlier, was just telling a story about us being out and someone looking at me and saying, she must be the boss in a group. And that happened recently at another event where we were working in Las Vegas and someone said, I came up to you because I figured you're the boss in the group. And so professionally, that's great that that's my image because yes, I'm the boss and I wanna be respected. But what's most important to me is when I leave this earth on my gravestone, what's said about me is that Alexis was a good friend. She was a great daughter. She was a great sister, aunt, godmother, boss, but not in the sense of being a boss, but being a mentor. So for me, while my business is important, it's more about what I give to people and what people get when they walk away from me. So even this business, these four walls and how hard I grind, I don't do it just for me. I do it because I want to have opportunities for young people like you and young people like Amanda Sanford and so that I can continue to grow and give more. So to me, I see it bigger th- than me. So, so that's who Alexis is. I think I'm, I'm loving, I'm passionate, I'm tough, but I'm sensitive. And people who know me know I'm sensitive, but I'm fun. 
a lot of people don't know I'm fun and I have a sense of humor and I like the crack jokes <laughs> and I love to dance. Yeah, she does. I love to dance and I love music. Um, but ultimately, I love people. I've kind of turned into my mom. You know how, like, your mom goes in the store and she talks to everybody in the store? And when we were younger, we're like, why is she talking to everybody in the store? Now you that's don't me. Know that, mom. Now that's me. I'm talking to everybody in the store. But that's just because I like people. I just like people and I want to bless people. Mm. Wow. Okay. So, this industry is so funny that you said that. I'm actually going to skip to this question because it's just, it's perfect for it. So, people is a big part of our industry, right? <sighs> um, with that, there are challenges with people. It's not, I think, I think one of the reasons why PR is probably one of the most stressful jobs in America. And I think we all kind of just talked about this in our blog. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Um, but we talked about why PR is so stressful. And I think one of the things that came up is because we deal with public opinion all the time and we're just always trying to persuade people to be positive. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's a challenge in itself. So talk about some other challenges, particularly for you being an African-American female in this industry, 20 years now, almost 20 years now. So talk about some of those challenges you've had just being a black female. Right. So it's funny, so I've been in this industry now for more than 25 years. I know I don't look like it. <laughs> Blog listeners, you can't tell. I look like I was born like maybe 20 years ago, so it <laughs> seems impossible. But I've been in this industry for more than 25 years, and one of the things that has been incredibly frustrating to me is this ongoing conversation about diversity and inclusion, because nothing has changed. Um, my other frustration comes from the fact that I have been a multicultural communications expert for about 20 of those years, and not a lot has changed. Um, so the biggest challenge for me as an African-American female still is you walk into the room and you still have to prove your value. Mm. You still have to show that you're smart. And you still have to understand that people are still going to describe you as assertive, but in a way that's not positive. I've been described as sassy. And at first I didn't realize they were meaning that in a negative way, but I was like, I don't think she means that as positive, but there's this image about black women being sassy. Yes, yes. Um, and just ways that you know you're fighting an image really before you open your mouth. Mm. Um, so, so that's a challenge. Um, the other thing in, in just what we do in terms of multicultural marketing is getting companies to understand the business opportunity when it comes to reaching out to African-American, Hispanics, um, now called Latinx, Asian-American, LGBT consumer markets, um, and focusing on them specifically, getting them to understand the buying power. We're talking about $4 trillion of buying power in just the ethnic consumer segments and how companies are overlooking them. And so my concern is if you're in advertising or marketing or public relations, so I'm talking to my marketing professionals out there, mm -hmm. if you understand who your consumer base is and you're not addressing all of them, then you're not really doing your job. I met um, a public relations professional um, in Arizona 
and I remember mentioning to her Black Enterprise. She said she never heard of it. Mm. And she said, what is Black Enterprise? I had to explain to her, like, it's the oldest and really the only African-American business publication that talks about what we're doing in corporate America and for entrepreneurs. She had never heard of it. And they function, most people function in their comfort zone. But when you're in the space where you talked about influencing and shaping opinions and trying to drive consumer behaviors, you have to understand those audiences and you have to understand their cultures you have to understand the lifestyle the mindsets and what's going to drive them to be interested in your product or your service i think that's why our clients not to uh you know sp- spread shameless, some, uh, yeah, shingle, right. shameless self-promotion <laughs> right right <laughs> but i seriously think that's why people and our clients love us so much because we just walk and talk our culture every day and we're unapologetic about it and especially this office i mean We've got from, like you said, I mean, we've got junior staff. So, like, that's what, millennials, whatever, all the way to, what, like, Gen Xers or whatever. Right. We've got Tracy, Jamaican, I'm Afro-Latina, uh, Chi-Town over there, Philly, West Coast. Like, we know these different markets. And right. that's so important why, you know, that's so important. We're bringing this to our clients. Like, not only are you paying for, for our creativity, but you're paying because I'm Afro-Latina. I could tell you about what it's like being black and what it's like being Spanish. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, I think that's a huge thing. And our different backgrounds and our cultures definitely give us a a higher you know like 10 points plus for a small agency so um I actually love that you rolled right into this you are killing it right now (laughs) um so as a multicultural expert you call yourself really the evangelist I love that word yes the multicultural marketing evangelist because I feel like I'm preaching Mm. this and I don't like to look at that as a negative way but because I am passionate about it and I do see my job as not just a job I see it as a higher purpose because there is a business reason behind it but companies have to understand that these um, different consumer segments are viable we have money we want to spend money. And guess what? We like spending money. We do. Because we influence consumer behavior. Um, whites, Hispanics all say, particularly African Americans, that we influence the mainstream with our fashion, with our music, everything. We influence it. We drive it. We, can, we see it every single day. So a key part of my job is to help uh, um, companies understand how do you take that information and how do you translate it to get it in a way to resonate with the consumer so that they can believe in you as a brand in an authentic way so that they can support you for years to come. Keyword, authentic. Authentic. We know when you try to fake the funk. We do. We know when y'all try to fake the funk. I was going to actually ask you what don't brands know that they should about our culture that's a that's that's like a whole that's a whole nother episode that's a whole nother episode that's like that's like that's like two two episodes right um one there's a lot and I think it just goes back to what I said I don't think that on a whole I want to say that brands or advertising teams or multicultural teams are prejudiced or blind or anything like that they just function in their comfort zones. People do what they know. Yep. Yeah. And when you're going to school and when you're being trained, that you're not taught to look at this audience, this audience, this audience. So they're functioning just kind of one 
way. So they don't understand a lot because they've never been exposed to it and they don't live in their world. We're bilingual because we live, you live in three worlds, as you said, you're Afro-Latina, you know, but most of us live in two worlds as African-Americans, but living in a country that is really dominated by, you know, the Caucasian race. So we know how to flow in between. You know, we walk in work and I'm like, well, Nadia, how you doing? How was your weekend? You know, did you watch Homecoming? You know, and then, you know, I sit down with my my Jewish grandmother, you know, godmother who I love and say, how was your weekend? Yes, pleasant. How, what did you do? You know, it's just a different thing. It's not fake. It's just, that's just how you roll. We met somebody who said black people have a Ph.D., in corporate America, and corporate America has like a GED and multicultural. And that was our <laughs> lovely friend Andrew McCaskill, yep. who used to be um, senior VP at Nielsen. Yes, he said that. Yes, that's strong. Yes, that's it's a, true, and, and it's true. It's true. It, and it's true. And but that's where we bring value, and people shouldn't feel offended by it, or they shouldn't feel less than or less prepared by not knowing that. Mm-hmm. But the smartest thing we can do is to have smart people around us, bring people in to add that knowledge that you don't know. We've seen brands make mistakes. Pepsi, H&M, Dove, Gucci, Fendi. Because when you don't have people of color at the table that have voices that's when mistakes are made. So you just can't assume, you know, I've watched a lot of movies. I have a black friend. I have a, I have a Latino friend. I have a gay friend. That you understand the culture. There's a lot of sensitivities and nuances that go with us. Um, you know, one of the things that I like to talk about is, you know, it's understanding our values you know, we as African Americans, we love our families. Education is extremely important to us. Religion is important to us. We love some Jesus. <laughs> we love some Jesus. But at the same time, you can't say one size fits all. Right. And just because you roll out one program one way, that doesn't mean the next event you do the same thing. So it's important to have people at the table who can figure out how do I tailor this ad or this experiential, you know, brand activation for this specific event. You got to have people at the table with that knowledge and that experience. Yeah, I agree. And I and I love what you said earlier too, and it's kind of like you're 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 almost answering this question already, but you talk about, you know, you've been in the game for like 25 plus years and you haven't really seen a big shift, a revolutionary shift in DNI. And so like the, to see you right now, 19 years and just your own company talk still so passionately about something that's not changing and that's so cons- like, you know, constant, you know, like what really keeps you motivated to keep fighting the same fight over and over? Like, bro, come on, put me <laughs> on the table. I will never be defeated. <laughs> You know, I, I think about, you know, the image I keep in my head a lot is it's that uh, it's a poster of Muhammad Ali standing over a guy. I don't remember who he was fighting. I don't know if it was Sonny Liston, it was Sonny Liston, and he's standing over him. I keep that image in my head sometimes when I do feel like, oh, my God, I'm just, how can I keep pushing myself? Because I'm a human being. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. those moments. Um, 
But um, as Kat's yelling out, God, yes, I have a huge, huge amount of faith. But it goes back to what I said my, my mission is, the business mission, but it's also that personal passion. What I do isn't just for me. Mm. You know, like I said, it's about giving back to the next generation of professionals. Um, you know, I'm always thinking about my family, the next generation, my little, co- I, don't, I don't have kids, but I have plenty of nieces and nephews and little cousins. I want them when they're older and if they want to start a business, I want them to be able to come to me and say, Auntie Lexi, can I have $20,000? Here you go. We got some claps in the hand. Round of applause on that part, right. You know, so I think I'm driven by those things. I'm driven by the fact that I want to bless other people, but I am driven by the fact, too, that I want to help with this shift. It is taking longer than it should have. But if I don't do it, who will? Mm. You talked about, this is not a question on the list, and I'm sorry to take That's you on a journey. Okay. You, you told me. I'm ready to roll with you. I know. I'm you ready, You Ali. I'm like, you know. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but we talked about this in Columbus when you spoke um, at that women's symposium, but um, you speak so much about blessing. You keep, you've said it multiple times. I, I want to bless. I want to bless. I want to bless. Can you tell them the story of how you met me and how I got here? Please. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thanks. So let's so talk good. about Nadia Felder. <laughs> let's talk about Nadia Felder. So <laughs> I went to the best HBCU in the <clears> country, <throat> Florida a and What a rattle is that? Put them- <laughs> And Toyota actually had a project. Um, it was called the Kinsey Collection, which is probably the largest privately owned collection of African American art and historic um, artifacts. And they were bringing it to FAMU to show because the Kinseys, Bernard and Shirley, went to FAMU. And um, Toyota asked us to be really creative with our resources and the budget that we had available to roll out the program. So one of the ideas that we had, and at the time, a young man named Will Ayers was working here who also went to FAMU. Yes, yes, shout out Will. And he and I talked and I said, what if we had the PR team activate the PR program? Let them come up with it, let them run it. The students. The students Mm -hmm. in the J school. Mm -hmm. And I said, but let's make it a contest. Whoever stands out will win the first official internship at Precise, which was called Precise Summers Summer Fellows Program. Mm-hmm. And I went down there for one of the events, and I met you, Miss Nadia Felder. I never told you this, but when you, I'm sorry, y'all. I never told you this. <laughs> but, <laughs> look, we get, right, yes. but when you walked in, I, I agree with Kat. I knew you were the boss. Because we had met Will a thousand times. We knew each other. We even met the Kinsey's, and I wasn't even intimidated. But this clicking and clack with the heels came in. I was like, that's the boss, y'all. <laughs> I was like, you know, fam, you folks, they nudging each other like, that's the boss, y'all. So, yeah, I never told you that, but yeah. <laughs> so, Nadia stood out because a lot of the students kind of talked to me, but they didn't talk to me with confidence. Nadia talked to me with confidence, and she kept coming up to me to talk to me. So I remember her. And then, of course, when she said she was from Philly. I was about to say, that was the Philly thing. That's why you remember me. And then when she said she was from Philly, I remember that. And then you also talked to my mother. I did. I loved your mom. I won. She talked to my mom. (laughs) And I remembered that. But when it was time for the recommendations, 
the faculty said it was two people. It came down to two people, Nadia and another young lady whose name I don't even remember. Shout out D. Brady. Rhonda knows her. Yeah, shout out D. Brady. She actually works um, down in Miami. 99 Jams, yeah. No, she works for um, Slip Inside Records. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, we just went on a tangent. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's fine. All right, D. Brady. Right. Shout out right. to D. Brady. <laughs> okay. So it was between Nadia and D. Brady, who now works at Slip Inside Records, 99 Jams, wherever she works. Um, and the faculty said you, 100%. It was like a total consensus, you. And Will and I agreed it was you 100%. Oh, so yeah. she came in and she blew us away and Tracy can testify to that. And I couldn't wait for her to graduate and then she threw me a loop and said, I wanna go to law school. And I said, what? I thought I was gonna be Angela Rye, y'all. I was like, okay. But she circled back. I did, I came back home. She circled back <laughs> and you're here and Yay. you're producing our podcast. Yes. Well, I just wanted to talk about that because like, you know, you said blessing so many times and a big part of my role here at Precise is really because of that relationship started and you really do. I got to see firsthand of that blessing that you keep talking about and giving opportunity to students. You took your client, just in case people don't understand what she really did, she took her client's budget and made it so that students of color at an HBCU, her alma mater could get an opportunity to work in PR and whether or not I'm, I came to Precise or not, I will always remember the opportunity you brought to my school. So round of applause for you. Oh. You truly do bless thank us. You. Yes. And you know what? That And that goes back to, thank you for saying that, because yeah. that goes back to why I do what I do as well, because if there are opportunities for us to help companies make a difference in the communities in which they serve, if we can create programs to right. do that, then that makes the work feel much more valuable for me as well. Like for Cracker Barrel, which you guys have heard a lot of stories about Cracker Barrel, um, we created a scholarship over at Spelman College for them. That's there to this day to benefit history students. They had never had a scholarship for history students. So that means a lot to me. We um, gave some money to Hill Harper for his um, summer program to benefit students. So we're always trying to think of ways to, you know, leverage our relationships to really give back in a deeper way. So, so that's important to me. So that keeps me going as well. Yeah, that reflects too. I think clients appreciate that too. Like, you know, we're not just walking and talking. Like, we, we really do do, you know, we really do do this. And we want, I think we kind of handpick our clients too, who we go after or who comes to us because that's important too. Like, if you're not even coming to the door with a little bit of want to help our community, it's like, mm, we don't got to take your money. Right. And people don't believe me when I say that. They totally don't believe me when I say that. But I have said to people, listen, we don't pursue every top opportunity that comes our way. If it's not a good fit for us strategically, or if it just doesn't feel good to us as a team, if the client seems like they're gonna be a jerk, like if, if it just does not feel right, we will not pursue it. And it is very important for us to see that it is a company or organization that does believe in giving back in, in some form or fashion. And even though I'm the CEO, every company we pursue, I talk to the team about it and I mm -hmm. ask them what do they think. 
We do. Yeah. So um, I'm going to shout out my granny right now, shift the shift the room a little bit, but I'm going to shout out my granny. Rest in peace. Um, she passed away like two years ago. But one thing my grandmother used to always say is there are no regrets in life. There are only good choices and really great lessons. So she used to always say, like, there's never a bad, you know what I'm saying? You can never really That's do powerful. anything bad. And I was like, dang, granny, you wise. And you only got a high school education. All right. Bye. So, but... With that, I think that's really important, especially for the entrepreneurs in the room. Most of these people are, if not killing it in their own industries, but if not killing it for themselves, you know what I'm saying? Cat, especially, like Darius, like, you know, there are no regrets in life. And I think people want to hear from bosses like you, hashtag boss babe. If you ever follow her on Instagram, <laughs> at, a, precise, what is it, Precisely Alexis? At Precisely Alexis. She's always, her whole freaking page, y'all, is her feet. <laughs> It's my shoes. Don't say these, my feet. Okay, it's her feet inside of <laughs> shoes, and they're all stilettos. Okay, I think it's even in your bio, like working doing, in stilettos. Yeah, working hard and doing good in stilettos. In stilettos, right. So talk about those boss babe moments of, like, you know, being a boss and having a full-time employees. And then, like, if there are no, there's no regrets. Remember what my granny said. There's no regrets. But if are there things as a boss babe that you would have changed or you would have done differently, you know, or, or what my granny calls it, a, a good lesson? I don't have a lot of regrets in life because I do believe that I'm on the path that God wants me to be on. I have had moments where I was like, maybe I should be somewhere else or I should be in a different position or further along in a different way. But then I'm like, no, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. The only regrets I have in life is I wish I would have worked in New York when I was younger. Mm. You love New York. I really do love New York. I just, I, I love New York, but I came to Atlanta and just drove down Peachtree and saw all these patios and people were out drinking wine in the middle of the day and eating pizza at Fellini's and I was like I gotta live here and I just drank the Kool-Aid and moved here so that's one regret um, another regret is not studying abroad in college because I love um, being overseas I wish I would have done that I'm glad that I got the um, overseas travel experience at Ketchum um, but I will tell you that I think um, young people of color, particularly our generation, we didn't have those experiences. So when you're in your first job and you're sitting around and you're having lunch, your Caucasian counterparts are like, yeah, I was in the summer and I was in France and da da da, da. And you're like, oh, I just left my mama barbecue. I went to Disneyland, right. you know. So, um, but it was just a different time. But now I think it's it's different. I'm seeing much more young people travel overseas, so I think it's much different. So those are regrets. Okay. Not big deals. So though. boss babe, now status. Tell us about your experience so far. You love being a boss. You say that often. You you have I've literally heard you say that at least a couple times this year. I <laughs> that you love you love being a boss. Not in not in a negative way. I don't want people to say that. But like you like the fact that you are now able to be a lead. I think that the boss is really you love being a leader now, a full time leader. I I do I do. And it took a while to get here, and it took a while to let go mm -hmm. of uh, your baby, the uh, the baby and the account stuff. I still. Sometimes y'all have to kind of like slap my wrists. Um, not literally. Um, I am enjoying being the boss because the PR stuff, like I said, I've been in the business for more than 25 years. I can do the stuff in my sleep. I can write a press release with my eyes closed. Like I can do any of that. But running a business is a whole other animal. I, my degree is in journalism. So learning about running a business and reading P&L statements and learning about HR and legal stuff, like all of that is on the job training. So that's challenging, sometimes not fun, 
but the challenging part of it makes it fun for me. Um, and then trying to always improve and then advance just in terms of how we're doing as a company and then how I'm being as a mentor and a manager and a teacher for you guys. I'm enjoying that part. Like I'm enjoying being able to take the time to explain things to you and just share what I've learned and just, you know, my, my experience and, and my wisdom. That's the stuff that I'm enjoying. Do I want to like pitch media anymore? And no, <laughs> I don't want to do any of that. The strategy stuff. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Right. I'll do that. Right. Yes. I'll do that all day long. Right. Talking to clients. Yes. Yeah. Love that. But the rest of it. Nah, I don't need to do that anymore. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this is I saved this question for last and um I'm not gonna ask you the other question because you answered it so beautifully with the word bless. But this last question, we are culture and convos, but big part of this podcast is culture. culture. So our last question, are you ready? Do it for the culture. Do it for the culture drum roll. Um, if you had to pick one hip hop song for the rest of your life in the morning, you turn it on every single day. What would that hip hop song be, and then why? Cat, do I like hip hop at all? <laughs> she swears. So she swears that's the only thing I ever listen to. I've never heard you play jazz. She and Brandy. Oh yeah, Brandy. <laughs> if it's not Beyonce, Brandy, I've heard and, Whitney and J Cole. Oh yeah, you. Lo- we listen to the whole J Cole album and on I'm, the way and, to KOP. Yeah, we listen to KOP. Yes. The single swears I only listen to J Cole. So so yes. Yeah, so all that to say is I'm a huge like political hip hop person so i do i love j cole i yes. love wale yes. i love kendrick lamar like i yes. love real okay. hip-hop like oh, why 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 hip-hop was really founded was like to tell our story, story of like story. what's really happening wasn't about shaking your booty and all that other mess. uncle uncle luke was needed though hold on and i went to famu and i and i shook to that too so i'm not gonna lie not gonna lie that i shook to the misogynistic songs too every once in a while but if I had to pick one song, it would be Fight the Power by Public Enemy. Are you serious? I love Chuck That's D. That's not expected of you. I love Chuck D. Are you serious? I love Chuck D. When Fight the Power came out, oh, my God, I played that over and over and over it. and over. My ex-boyfriend was like, my college boyfriend was like, if you play that one more time, I was like, play. <laughs> Did you say rewind? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fight the power. Well, we're going to have that plane in the office when we come in tomorrow. <laughs> that's what, that what we do. Okay, so that was awesome. So fight the power. Well, Alexis, you are absolutely awesome. I think people really will get to know you with this episode. And, two, I want to say thank you and really on behalf of the Precise team, but really to me and you, this is so us on a regular. We talk like this in your office. We just we did really this do. in your office. We like really yesterday. do. We really but do. I really want to say thank you seriously because, and I tell Alexis this all the time, like I think women who are bosses forget that people are watching them all the time and y'all think that the slightest thing y'all do is just like a regular thing and you'll get up and go and move to the next thing but every freaking thing y'all do there's like 24 year old girls who are looking like dang she did it again she posted her heels again with hashtag boss babe like (laughs) everything is an inspiration i really think the, the the highest power of human magic really is to inspire somebody else so you have done an amazing job inspiring round of a freaking applause seriously Alexis. thank you keep it going thank i love you. that you want to bless everybody you've done an amazing job precise is absolutely beautiful our clients are awesome they love you and therefore they love us and we love you thanks keep going love you Black and magic. thank you for being mm-hmm. such an amazing host and producer 
You did an amazing job. So I want a round of applause for her. Thank you. And thank you, everyone who is listening. Follow us, like Nadia said. And thank you, everybody that's in the room and joined us tonight. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, guys. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end of our first episode. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And most importantly, we hope you were able to take away something you didn't know before. Like how to take a leap of faith and start your own business. Or why it's important for you to support brands that actually support you. Or why Fight the Power is still a classic hip-hop joint. (laughs) That's not up for discussion. Hey, if you like what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast. If we left you a little bit more inspired than the day before, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel like this could possibly be the best agency episode you heard all year long, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. (laughs) Remember, we are a real-life marketing communications firm. So if you want to learn more about the services we provide day-to-day, check out the website link in the show description. Until next time, people. Peace and Afrobeats.